0: And I'm delighted to hear that uh, Michael Petrillo, who joins us now via Zoom, got a chance to go, of course, to the home of football, which, as we know, it's Manchester City these Mm -hmm. days. Uh, And uh, he then got a chance to get into Europe and to to see some wonderful um, places. I think one of them was Sardinia or was it Sicily? Uh, I can never discern the difference because, you know, being stuck in Australia all these years... (laughs) They all look the same to me. Uh, Michael Petrello, welcome. <laughs> G'day George, how are you? It was, uh, uh, I'm was okay. Cis- was Sicily? How- <laughs> <laughs> we'll be Sardinia next time. Oh, listen, I've had some friends of mine tell yeah. me it's a magnificent spot.
1: Yeah, it's great. It's the first time we've been, so so uh, yeah, it was it was new for us as well. But it was it's, it's a beautiful place weather was perfect food was great and really friendly people so yeah that was it
0: was a really enjoyable can you, holiday mate can you give me a sense of the rest of the world at the other end of the world uh, are they still coping with covid are they are they learning no. to live with covid or are they just yeah, getting really- on with it
1: yeah, learning to live with it, mate. I've been mean, still in the in the shops over there. This, the shopkeepers are still wearing masks, and still a few people that are wearing masks, but they're, they're getting on with it. Obviously, they you know Italy's uh, hit badly by loss oh, of yeah. the, the tourist trade, so they're just grateful to have them back and uh, and doing whatever they can to, to accommodate, mate. So yeah, they're very very appreciative of, uh, of of all the tourists being there again.
0: Now, I mentioned uh, director of football at the City Group uh, in Australia. Uh, that means uh, talent acquisition. It means looking after uh, uh, some of the great talent uh, that's available around the world that can play for the club. Uh, Melbourne City getting itself sorted for yet another season. Uh, already, uh, Australia Cup action has seen the boys and many of the younger ones turn out and uh, and deliver the, the result needed to go to the next level. And speaking of the next level, it's uh, Casey Fields next week, which... Sounds uh, rather exciting, but I suppose there's another element because the City Group had to decommission what was a wonderful academy and setup that had been organised uh, over the last half a dozen years at Latrobe, and then take everything and start anew uh, in the southeast. Yeah, it's
1: it's uh, exciting, George. We, we uh, yeah we'll be playing the game at Casey Fields. So, uh, it's a ground that um, Melbourne Storm played a couple of season friendlies on before, but you know, as said we're in the area, but we've got a good opportunity for you know the, the kids and, and and the general public in and around Dandenong and and uh, and the southeast area to, to come and have a look at, at the game, and obviously support us from from wherever they are for the first real competitive hit out in 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 Melbourne
0: uh, against uh, another A-League side. Now, I was told last year that there was an awful lot of development that was going to go on, and uh, the yeah. City Group. We're going to be spending uh, uh, an inordinate amount of money uh, when you consider some of the things that we've had to endure in the past. But uh, how are things progressing? Are they near complete? Are they complete? Or are they still to be completed?
1: Oh, look, we've got most of the, uh, the pictures are done, George, so the boys can train properly. We're, we're operating out of the academy uh, facility, which is almost being completed. Still a little bit of exterior work to be done. But, you know, the main part of the building's uh, only just begun, so we're probably about twelve months away before that's finished. So unfortunately, we're we're trying to cope within a, a construction site, uh, so it's being built basically in and around where we are. Uh,
0: so we have to put up with a little bit of pain, but you know the end product will be
1: well worth the uh, the pain that we the small amount of pain that we've got to endure over the next twelve months.
0: Now that's a good point because I can remember the early days of uh, Melbourne Heart before the club was uh, acquired by the City Group and became Melbourne City, and uh, the Facilities at uh, at La Trobe, let, let's just say in the early days, were rather primitive.
2: Well, it's funny, you, <laughs> you, it's funny you bring it up, George, because I, immediately the moment you said that, I'm thinking back to a photo I can remember seeing of one of the people who's going to join us later, which is David Williams That's inside right. the uh, the wheelie bin yeah, ice bath. Yep, trying to uh, make Very sure different that, time now, yeah, isn't it?
0: Making sure they were cooling <laughs> down properly. Do you remember yeah, any yeah. of those days, Michael Petrillo? <laughs>
2: Well, uh,
1: I wasn't. I wasn't with Melbourne City at that stage. I oh, I know. There. I just. I just like throwing it. that out there.
0: <laughs> but but, uh, but yeah, you I'm would have seen I was,
1: it. I was a bit sport. I certainly saw it in Adelaide. We, we before our, you know, our facility was built, but uh, we were working out of wheelie bins as well. So. Certainly know what, what that's about. But, you know, this, this new facility is, you know, state-of-the-art and, and uh, the players and, and the staff will be uh, very lucky people to be able to operate out of a world-class facility.
0: Now, we're talking about the uh, A-League men's, the A-League women's and the A-League youth? That's right, yeah.
1: All, all of the academy, the women's team and, and the men's will operate out of, the, out of that facility. There'll be separate areas for each, each uh, uh, sort of department, if you like. Uh, but yeah, as I said, we will be sharing some some unbelievable
0: facilities here once they're complete. Uh, speaking of sharing, who are we likely to see share the uh, the facilities and also the colours of Melbourne City for the brand new season? In terms of players,
1: players. Uh, I hear yeah, there's a Dutchman,
0: a, another uh, Dutchman in town.
1: Yeah, we've got, uh, we have signed uh, so far two players. Uh, uh, we don't have a lot of lot of. Um, a place to sign George, which is a good thing. Uh, but we've still got a couple more to come. We're we're, we're looking. We're, we're very close uh, to one, and 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 reasonably close to another. So hopefully uh, we can make some announcements within the next week or two. Uh, but this stage here, um, we're um, we're very close to to uh, uh, agreeing to terms with, with two
0: two other players to join us. Uh, as I said, within the next couple of weeks. Just give us a glimpse of uh, what you know about the two that you've brought in.
1: Yeah, look, one position we, we, we want to bring in is a player that's versatile, that could probably play in midfield, but also cover at uh, as, a, as a stopper, as a central defender. A little bit in the roston Griffiths mould, I suppose, but uh, um, yes, looking for that versatility that can cover us in those areas. And the other one will be uh, an out-and-out midfielder, someone a bit more tacking uh with good, uh, good athletic qualities and, and uh, able to help in attack but also help in defense because that's the way we play and they've got to be very very fit as i said very athletic and willing to get stuck in so so we we think we've identified that player we we uh i think we're close to agreeing to terms we're not quite there It'll probably take a few more days but um uh, hopefully um yeah we, we can uh, we can tie that up shortly
2: Michael, I'm, I'm curious to know how that process or what that process of talent acquisition actually yeah. looks In like, tiles, because there's yeah. there's a lot of information out there. There's uh, all manner of players out there. Some of them, you know, have their agents who are telling you one thing. How, how does it actually work for you to identify a good fit for the side and and make that actual move come to fruition?
1: Yeah, look, we we have a. Um a fairly detailed process. We're probably in a lucky situation where we have our own team of scouts that are working for us, and we have one full time here in, in Australia, in Melbourne. But we also have a team, obviously, overseas, and, and they're located in different parts of Europe and different parts of the globe. So what we do is, uh, obviously, we sit down with the coach. We identify the areas that we need. We need uh, to find players for. We we uh, have a, a certain list of characteristics: be it physical, mental uh technical, tactical, uh, that fit in with our game style. And um, we send a, a brief off to the to the scouts. Uh, obviously they need an idea of what the salary range is as well. So once we've done that and sent that off, they, they go off and and, uh, and start searching for us. And we normally come back with a short list of, of players for to have a look and review and, and negotiate with. And obviously the coach has the final say in, in terms of the player that he wants. Um, yeah we I think, we've been lucky. We've got most of them right. Every now and then, you, you know, you, you with anything, you know, especially with recruitment, one doesn't work out. But um, you know, we, we've been reasonably lucky, I think, over the last few years. And well, not lucky, but we've worked hard to make sure we get the right players in. But because, as I said, we, we play a specific brand of football, so and that's that's the process. And then I you know, obviously start the negotiations,
0: and hopefully we can we can get the deal done. Uh, Michael, uh, it's very true. You haven't missed with too many, but there is one. That I I'm, I'm wondering if he, did he play for us and his name is Pucciarelli. did he play for the club <laughs> the senior club and I'm not talking action in the Australia Cup did he actually play a an A League game? No, he did. He, he didn't, George. And, you know, so so, was a combination he, of injuries and other things, eh? Yeah, not
1: not so not really so much any in, in injuries. I think he he uh, he started behind the eight ball when he first came. His condition was quite poor. He picked up a couple of niggle niggle. Uh, not, not nothing, nothing really great, but did set him back again. And then, obviously, with the team playing well and performing well, and 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 uh, uh, you know, the coach uh, didn't see him in the in the plans. And uh, yeah, unfortunately, he didn't get, get didn't get onto the field in the A League. Played a few minutes in uh, in the Champions League. Yep, uh, a great guy. Terrific fellow, uh, yeah. As I said, what a shame! What a out. shame! Yeah, it just, didn't, just didn't work what out. What do you me.
0: learn from those experiments? What do you learn from those acquisitions or those uh, opportunities when you brought a player in? You you had, of course, everything that you bring in. You want them to strike, you know, uh, um, the pitch and and play well. When yep. when something like like this happens, is it a case of you having to re- reset your reappraisal or your appraisal? Um, uh, set up and look at yeah. uh, your indicators to say to yourself, w- where did we kind of miss the the boat there?
1: Yeah, we 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 did obviously review that, and you know maybe how, where did we get it wrong? Did yep. we did we, did, did we get it wrong? Is you know, obviously it's very hard to judge because he didn't play a league, so so. Um, one of the things we did learn was was that uh, players who dropped down too far a level and probably putcher the last 12 months he played in the second division in Qatar and and may have lost a little bit of conditioning and zip and you know pK is very big on on having players that are super super fit and super sharp and unfortunately when he came he wasn't in that condition and then struggled to 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 get into the team so that's one area that we you know we, we now when we conduct our medicals we, we also want to make sure that they're in a super super shape, but also that they haven't dropped levels, you know, from where they were. I mean, we're Butcher playing in Serie A, played 100 Serie A games. So, you you know, technically we know he's good enough. Uh, But unfortunately, having uh, COVID affected uh, a couple of seasons in the Middle East in a second division club where he didn't play much and didn't train much. That Uh, cost him, yeah. Yeah, 30 years of age. unfortunately, You know,
0: know, the point that you make there is so valid because we saw it uh, in real life when Florian Berenguer got injured be- going into the finals. And then we got him back just uh, for those critical games. And although he played well, he wasn't at his flying best. So yeah. even there, someone who had been with us and had had a fantastic season, didn't quite finish the way he deserved to finish and and, and may well have uh, you know caused the, not caused, but um, been one of the reasons why the club didn't, finished ten out of ten, if you know what I mean. Yeah, especially look, in the grand
1: final. Certainly, you know, hurt us. You know, losing Florin and and, and, and O'Neill, and O'Neill. You know, yeah, we lost yeah. two of our starting three midfielders, and you know, arguably, you know, both of them had had their probably best seasons ever. Um, so that really hurt us. You know, having said that, I still think you know, when you look at the grand. Back at the grand final, we had enough opportunities and we did enough to, to win the game, but unfortunately, uh, got off to a bad start. So did not put it uh, in the back of the net. <laughs> no, that's right, exactly. That's uh, unfortunately, if you, you don't score, you don't win. So correct. Um, just and,
0: just just run that line past Liverpool in the uh, Champions League. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Real Madrid. Everyone yeah. says, "Oh, Liverpool deserve deserve." Well, yeah. on the on the on the um, actual championship shield. You can see the name is Real Madrid and not Liverpool. Mm.
1: Yeah, exactly. And you know, you know, knockout finals are, are difficult, George. You've got to Correct. be on, on your medal on the day. Um, there's no second chances, so it's it's uh, it's difficult. As, as a lot of really great teams have found out in the Champions League, it's not always an easy thing to do. So. Uh, but yeah, look, we, we're uh, we can only present ourselves you know, having won two premierships in a row, and, and also the grand final the year before that. To present ourselves again in another grand final, and hopefully we can do it again this year. Uh, we've had we've had two or three really good seasons, and hopefully we can continue that that uh,
2: that march again this this season. Just how difficult in the A League is it to sustain that success? success. Because I think we've seen. Uh, over the course of, of the A-League, of the A-League men's in particular, that actually year on year on year to be that team who is right up the top is really, really hard, you know, for a variety of reasons. Yeah, finals being none of them. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, transfers of players. It Just how difficult, what are the, the challenges that go into maintaining such high standards year on year, Michael? Yeah, look, it is difficult. Yeah.
1: Um... We've been a little bit lucky that that well not lucky I suppose good planning. We we sort of had a really s- stable squad. We've also had a continuation of the of the same sort of coaching philosophy from Eric Mombaitz to PK. Uh, so that that certainly helps. And you know once you've had a, a bit of success and and you've got a good program in place, players you know can attract the right players and. You know, we, we've been able to do that, but certainly, it certainly it becomes more difficult because everybody else then wants to try and catch you. So they try and improve their squads and they try and improve the way they play. So you've got to start, try and find ways that you can keep ahead of the pack. and. And have an edge on your opponent, so um, yeah, it, it is difficult, but it's not impossible. There's no reason why you know we, we shouldn't think that we can't win it every season, and and, um, and we've got high ambition, and we we, we certainly want to be in the in the top two teams every every season. But uh, as you said, it is difficult, and and uh, we're gonna find ways to keep improving every season.
2: You mentioned that sort of injury hit midfield towards the end of the season last year, and I'm, I'm curious to that end to know how. Uh, Richard van der Ven. The new Dutchman fits into that sort of midfield plan because obviously, you know, the the basic information we have on him is an attack-minded midfielder. But we, we saw, you know, Florin was the man who did a lot of that sort of uh, attacking load in the midfield. Is he uh, someone who comes in with a chance to maybe ease that that burden on, on Florin and create a bit more of a, a different dimension potentially?
1: Yeah, he's, look, he's certainly, a little, you know, a little bit different from Florin. He's, he's you know, we see him as... A good replacement for for Connor Metcalf and, uh-huh. and uh, uh-huh. yeah, left he's a left footer box uh, to box, box to box. The good thing with Richard is not only does he like to get forward, but he's got an enormous engine. Uh, <laughs> so he, he can he can work backwards as I well. Like and, you know he, he can defend and you know that's a prerequisite of anyone that plays in our midfield. They've got to you know be really good athletes. Florence's a fantastic athlete. He can run all day. Connor was the same, and you know Aiden O'Neill uh, likewise. So you know. Uh, adding Richard to Florin and Aiden coming back very soon, and, and uh, as I said, another couple of additions to that to that sort of midfield group. I think we're going to have a very strong midfield uh, midfield group of players that will uh, be able to uh, set us up hopefully for for uh, a really good contest week in week out.
0: We're talking to uh, the director of football at the at Melbourne City. His name is Michael Patrillo. He's been kind enough to join us from uh, about 5 o'clock to, uh, to talk about the state of the game for the, uh, the champions and uh, what's in store for the brand-new season and how things are preparing for their next match, which is an Australia Cup clash against the Wellington Phoenix next week at uh, Casey Fields. Uh, we've got a young uh, uh, footballer who, who wants a career in the game coming up in the next uh, couple of minutes. What are the sorts of things that you'd like to put in his head to say to him, these are the things I'm always looking for when I'm adjudicating talent, when I'm judging the next young crop of players we might bring in, whether they're male or female. What are the sorts of things that you'd like to see always when you uh, when you when someone says to you, "We've got a player for you to have a look at"?
1: I think there's a, there's a couple of really important things. Is is uh, and one of them, first of all, is consistency. We, we'd rather have a player who's, you know, seven or, or eight out of ten every week rather than someone who's nine or 10 one week and then three or four the next week, you know. Um, So one of my sayings to young players is if if you're good enough for long enough, someone's going to notice you. And and we certainly uh, look for players with that consistency of performance. And and that comes because you've got the right right mindset. You're also physically looking after yourself. Uh, We want players who, who are ambitious and want to keep improving, uh those are the, the, the key aspects, George, for, for younger players. And it goes through to, to probably to more experienced players as well. They're, they're prerequisites for us that they're you know, consistently performing at a good level week in, week out.
0: Michael, before we let you go, a couple of things I want to run past you. Um, Jordan Boss continues to grow and he's fulfilling the sort of uh, um, KPIs that you were just talking about. He's looking so, so good. And I wish him every success through the year we knock on wood for that and the other person who continues to excite us every time he, he runs onto the pitch is young Marco Tilio yeah
1: yeah they're two two uh, really talented young players and you know Jordan you know went from strength to strength last year once he got his chance he took it with both hands and you know we saw in the particularly in the Champions League when we were yeah time, yeah he was probably probably our, you know our best, best player, best player. Ever, you know, <laughs> Performed really, really, really well. So, you know, again, he, he's he's one who's now been consistent and, and, and showing great promise. And you know, we're expecting big things from Jordan this this season. And and uh, Marco uh, again, you know, continued to improve again last season. And I think uh, this season is a really, really important year for Marco to to establish himself not only as one of the best players in our in our team, but you now one of the best players in the competition. And and he's got all the elements to be able to do that. And world and, and cup year. Like, World, yeah, world, world Cup. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. So there's a lot of lot of uh, reasons why, uh, but most of all for him is is fulling his potential and making sure that you know he can be the best player he can possibly be. And, and I think he's got a great opportunity to do that this season.
2: One of the others of that sort of talented crop of young City players who we've now seen move on after a few seasons of um, good performances for Melbourne City. Genre. Of course. No, well, John no. Rowe is one, yeah. but Connor Metcalf is oh, yeah. the, the most recent one. Obviously, we saw him... Get that move to St Pauli, which is a, a great, great move to the second division of Germany. Just does someone like Conor Metcalf, his experience, a player who maybe after a good start at City could have left earlier, does he speak to the the value for some of these younger players of maybe biding their time, taking a little bit extra to develop and mature in the A League before maybe getting themselves a potentially bigger move across if they if they stick around and uh, improve.
1: Yeah, look, that's a really good point and something that I always tell young players when they, they're keen to move, you know, that you can go too early. And, and, you know, in my experience, and if I look through the players that have gone overseas over the last 17 or 18 years, and even before that in the old NSL, most of the players who have been successful and had long careers over there are ones that have been established here in either the A-League or the old NSL and, and have played, you know, 70, 80, 100 games uh, here mm. Um before going over because they're more mature. They're used to the the, the cut and thrust of, of professional football. They can cope with setbacks a lot better than what they can when they're younger. Mm. Um, and normally if they're going over as mature players, the clubs have invested in them. So they've got um, uh, skin in the player and then they normally want to make sure the player's successful. But, you know, a player goes over for, for nothing um, and doesn't do well. They're normally tossed out pretty quickly because there's mm. another group of young players you know, that they've got there ready to come in. So, and, and I've found that you know when players that go too early uh, normally come back, and they normally come back having having lost their confidence yeah. you know, and not having played for for a year or two, and, and and that can be a big setback. So, yeah, it's really important that players go at the right time when they're ready to go. Uh,
0: Michael, thank you very much for joining no us. Uh, we wish you a tremendous season. Good luck, uh, Thanks, and uh, of course, next week, Casey Fields. It's the Australia. Cup Clash, uh, the Australia Cup, really starting to captivate people as we knew it would, especially if it got the coverage it deserves. And I see through Paramount Plus and, uh, and, and, and Ten TenPlay, it, it, that is exactly what's happening. And uh, to, uh, to those of you who are going to be listening next week, uh, don't get startled if you hear someone who sounds like Josh Parrish or Lockie <laughs> Flanagan front right up on your screen. They are our boys from FNR. Thank you, Michael. No problem. My pleasure. All the best.